We've got another great episode of Jumbled for you, but first let's take care of a little business. We are brought to you each and every week by Audible. Head over to audibletrial.com slash jumbled. Get that free 30-day trial and a free audiobook. They've got over 180,000 titles to choose from. So pick something. You know what? Scroll and point and then listen to that. going on everybody welcome back to jumbled your favorite podcast about nothing i am zach and i'm johnny and i'm lacy she's back welcome back lacy oh shit lacy's back and i think she is back and fired up i am i don't have as many cool stories though because i haven't been doing anything but i have a few saved we'll see where the conversation goes (laughs) <laughs> I, I mean, I'm all I'm all down for some stories, but we don't have to, you know, make this story time with Lacey. What I'm really excited about, and this is a little bit of a political topic, but what what has made me say, you know what, I really do love Lacey, is is how fired up you've been recently about some of the changes in uh, firearm laws in Canada that have taken place, which I think if the average person new Lacey probably wouldn't expect you to to have this opinion on it first of all i've always wanted like a gold glock so a gold glock that's what i want (laughs) all right um but like realistically in general it was completely unnecessary so i just i think it's kind of dumb and Mm. it's just to get a reaction really and i think for most topics Yes, go. Let's let's back up a little bit because we have some listeners in America who may or may not be aware of what's happening in Canada. Mm, well, you guys will be real soon because it's already hitting CNN about how the Democrats want to do what we're doing in Canada and pissing everyone off. But I understand why you guys wouldn't be aware. Um, so as of last Friday, our, our Sith Lord, Justin Trudeau, came forward and who is currently a minority government so this is an important piece to it and i got into a debate with my mother-in-law about this and so with a minority government you know we have a different term for it but essentially did a um what's what's the u.s version executive executive order or something like that order yeah so we have what's called an order in council um, which circumvents the democratic process, um, banned 1,500 types of military-style assault weapons in Canada. Oof. Which sounds impressive, right? Like, I think you could ask anyone in general, do you think a person should have a military-grade weapon? And I say grade, spe- like, very intentionally. Um, because the people who understand military grade will laugh because a lot of military stuff is goes to the lowest bidder. Um, and a lot of what we have in civilian is better in many ways, um, but not in the ways that anti-gun people are concerned about. For example, effectiveness, um, power, rate of fire, caliber. Um, yeah. Uh, so in this list um, tr- of the 1500, um, Trudeau went as far as also including um, a few dozen variations of rocket launchers. Fuck, there which, goes my dreams. Which, <laughs> which fun fact, I have 25 were already acres. illegal. That's true. I mean, you could kill and cook a deer with one shot. Like, <laughs> um, so basically the, my frustration, and we can get into the guns and we can get into the statistics and the general strategy and I will answer those questions and I can provide some stats. I am prepared to go deep into this conversation if you guys like. But on the surface, my frustration with this is a couple of things. One, the misinformation, and I know that is a common buzz word and fake news, but the reality is this is 
not even i wouldn't even go as far as saying fake news but like intentionally lying or framing your point so we recently which you may have seen had a mass shooting mm-hmm. in canada do you know how many people died no okay so 22 people died and it has been framed in the media and by our politicians that it is the largest mass shooting in Canadian history. Um, the reality is 13 of those people who died, died in house fires that that gunman also set. And mm, not so not even gun related deaths, not even gunshot wound related deaths. Um, the the order that Trudeau has passed on the tail feathers of this severe tragedy, um, and based on and using it directly as a reason why the guns that the shooter used would not have been impacted by this change. That's the thing that gets me going. It makes no sense. Like he's saying it's to prevent what happened, but what he just put in doesn't do shit. And he got all this stuff illegally anyway. Well, that's how most, most, uh, I mean, most people who are going to commit uh, a felony well, exactly, of some yeah. sort are going to not be legally able to either own a weapon or the weapon that they're using is not theirs, right? Why would Yeah. yeah. So this, this shooter, there's a couple aspects. He was prohibited from owning a firearm or getting a firearm license because of previous charges that would that have flagged him as not a candidate for a firearms license in Canada. So we have a licensing system yeah. where you have to go and you take a weekend course, and you have to write a test, you have to get references, give a background check, it takes months. And the system is working. The system works. It 100% works. Yeah, like we and don't have say, an issue. Well, we have an issue, but it's not related. It's not the same issue as what happens in the States. So over the last 10 years, statistically speaking, you are slightly, slightly more likely to die from a gunshot from a legal firearms owner as you are to die from being struck by lightning. And that's a Stats Canada stat. So that's not like some, you know, rebel media dumb right-wing news like fake stat that is looking at stats canada stats and saying okay what of the like looking at firearms related deaths um so we have a very different problem where you have in the u.s depending on state state to state jurisdiction on firearm laws and licensing and, and acquisition and whatnot and in general as an American, you can legally buy a gun in some way, shape, or form, any state that you're in. There's different rules, but you can get one, meaning you could be crazy and buy a gun. And that's a concern. And I mm. don't want that in my country. I like knowing that in general, if I go to a shooting range and there's someone next to me that I don't know, mm-hmm. I know a few things. One, they passed this test. Mm-hmm. Two, they passed a background check mm-hmm. at some point. And got vetted right and three i know that as early as of that that very same morning he has no pending charges against him i actually have a fun story related to that i I shouldn't say fun that's this is gonna be dark my (laughs) my friend's sister uh her boyfriend broke up with her and she posted on facebook that she was gonna kill herself she took a bunch of pills got drunk Uh, Someone did a welfare check on her, so police came to check, took her to the hospital, got her stomach pumped, whatever, released her after, I think she was in psych for 48 hours, and then they released her, Uh, and when she got home, she had a knock on the door, and the police were there to take all of her firearms away, and they, like, cancelled her license, and I'm like, huh, it works. Yeah. So, So, the leading cause, similar to America, of death caused by firearms is suicide um which is a concern and yeah there is a point of well it's really easy to shoot yourself so like we should get rid of that as an option and then maybe people will think twice will that happen potentially yes 
I think but, I think if you're at the point where you're ready to call it quits, you're gonna fu- you're gonna call it quits somehow, one way or another. Whether that's you know making it quick and painless or other routes. Well, and some might not be as definite because they don't work, or someone you know, for example, pills. Someone finds you before it takes mm-hmm. its full effect. Right. Uh, but if if that's their state of mind, that's their state of mind. Right. And so here's the rebuttal to this that people ignore. Um, so again, Stats Canada. So the leading methods of suicide are number one, hanging, 44%. So mm-hmm. we should ban ropes and extension cords. I have a story about uh, that too. Number two <laughs> is poisoning at 25%. And number three is gunshot wound at 16%. I like so, the idea of poisoning. I, I mean, that's a, I mean, it can be a reasonably peaceful way to go. Well, and, and the way my brain always processes poisoning, I know that it's just somebody drinking bleach or something, right? But it, it seems like there's somebody that's poisoned some sort of something. You know, I know that's suicide or maybe they've baked their own foods that have poison inside of it. Like that's where poison in my brain does. Sure. It's overdosing on prescription pills. Um, I don't I heard you that you have a story, Lacey. I don't I don't want to take away from that. So please. Well, in previous podcasts, I've refrained from talking about the super fucked up stories I hear from paramedics and police officers. But they're amazing. I feel like we're dark and enough right now, so just, yeah. That's the thing, right? We're already <laughs> halfway there. So I can think of, of two off the top of my head that kind of refer to this. Uh, one is a hanging mm-hmm. where a guy killed himself in the woods and someone called in saying, like, there's something in the woods and we don't, we don't want to go see what it is. Something's weird out there. So what happened is that he had hung himself about a week before and no one had found the body. And with how high he was, because he went on a ladder and then mm-hmm. kicked the ladder away. Oof. It was summer. Everything was hot and warm. And his head separated from his body, but the skin did not. So his neck elongated about six feet. So his body was on the ground, but his head was still above. So when the paramedics got there... They're like, is there a fucking giraffe? Like, what is happening? And then as they got closer, they realized what it was. That is fucking terrifying. Isn't that crazy? I have nightmares. That the human body can do that? It's it's kind of incredible, actually, in my opinion, that, like, after a week of decomposition, the skin is still that much intact. Like, I think that's fantastic. Science is cool. Explain my fucking wrinkles. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a hard life. <laughs> Fuck. I have an idea. Yeah. Just put needles in the top of your forehead there you go. and then put it on like a wear like a back brace. Mm. So you have a hook on the mm-hmm. top mm-hmm. and then it'll just stretch mm-hmm. everything up. Perfect. Nice and tight. Perfect. And the other one I had regarding um is depression. Uh I actually have the medical paper on it. If you guys are interested in reading it, I'll send it to you. Um a woman got fired from her job mm-hmm. and she was very depressed and she was laying in her bed every day and she was still getting up to eat, still getting up to go to the bathroom, but that was it. And then, uh, she slowly stopped getting out of bed. So at first her husband was just like feeding her in bed, but she was still going to the bathroom, but then she stopped getting up to go to the bathroom. So her husband had to clean the bed every day and he got frustrated So he grabbed a tarp, put it in the spare bedroom, picked her up and put her on said tarp, and was like, there, if you're going to shit yourself, do it here. And at first he was still cleaning it, and then he wasn't. (sighs) Four months go by, and his sister can't get a hold of her, and she's concerned. And when she talks to him, he's like, yeah, she's just going through some stuff right now, it's not a big deal. But she won't. Like, he won't let her come visit. Nothing. So she calls the police thinking that he murdered her. And the paramedics were first uh, there. And they said as they were walking up, the smell was god-awful. And so they assume there was a dead body in the house. They get into the house. And the husband, by the way, answers the door. The house is pristine. It's clean. He's in a suit. He just got home from work. Like, 
everything seems normal, but it smells like death. So they ask to see his wife. And he goes, oh, uh, yeah, let me take you to her. And he takes him to the room. She's lying face down. She has a the tarp underneath her and a blanket on top of her and about two feet worth of a mound on top of her. And they don't know what's under this mound. So at first my client was like, maybe it's a weird tumor. Like, we don't know. It's feces. So it got to the point that he stopped cleaning it. And so she was covered in feces and maggots. Oh. And the only part of her body visible was about mid-calf down. And one arm that she had, like, under her face, supporting her face, and her head was visible. Everything else was necrotic, either, like, flesh, feces, maggots, whatever. That's fucked up on so many different reasons. So many reasons. So they talk to her, and she's lucid enough to respond. So they're like, what's your name? She says her name. Do you know where you are? She's like, I'm at home. And they're like, do you know why you're here? I don't want to get up. They're like, well, we need you to come with us. I'm not getting up. And they actually had to cut the carpet because she would move slightly throughout the day, I guess. And the tarp shifted from underneath her, so she was actually fused to the carpet. So they had to wrap her up like a shit burrito, essentially, and get her Ugh. into the ambulance. <laughs> and she had become catatonic. So that's... Sure. Yeah, so it was very deep depression. Husband got arrested. She had to get one arm amputated and multiple skin grafts. She was in the hospital for about six months. They had to do electrotherapy to make her um, not just lucid, but cognitive, I guess. And when they told her what happened, she wanted to see her husband. And they're like, yeah, no, that's not going to happen. Like, he's charged, he's going to jail, like, this is, like, abuse, neglect, whatever. And she's like, well, clearly he tried to take care of me. Like, she just, she couldn't comprehend because she didn't see how bad it was. You'd think waking up without an arm would kind of tell you, but... So... Love is blind, baby. Ugh. It's just, it's wild. But she the type of depression, if she had access to a gun, she wouldn't have. She just would have done exactly what she did. Because it was a chemical imbalance, for sure. Sure, yeah. But the crazy thing is that they've never had uh, a reported catatonic case like that, uh, ever. So it made it into the medical journal as far as Ireland, because they've never seen it get to this point before. Sure. So I have like a four-page thing. He sent it, my client sent it to me on my birthday, like a month after I tattooed him. (laughs) Great, thanks. Wow. So how how long did he is he having to serve? Do you know? Is what? Sorry. How long is oh, he? Oh, like how long's the husband? Yeah. I have no idea because it didn't say in the article, and it only happened, I guess, three years ago now. Okay. And I'm not gonna lie, Canadian justice system takes a real long time. Well, it's about to get a lot worse, and we're gonna get to that. Ooh. <laughs> So uh, serious. Okay. So we've established that we don't have a legal gun owner issue. Mm-hmm. What we do have is a gang issue and an issue with gangs stealing guns. Sometimes, yes, from legal gun owners. Oh, yes. We so, talked about this. That is part of the, well, if no one had guns, it would be so much harder for them to get. Um the RCMP, so like our Canadian police force, loses hundreds of guns a year, loses. And there has been recent ones of police officers who, you know, are at the end of their shift and put their shit in like a glove box, like their gun and their badge uh-huh. or their body armor or their whatever, and go to the gym. And then someone breaks into their car and steals all their shit. There was one where he had his uniform and his body armor, his patrol carbine in his trunk, got broken into and stolen. Well, and Zach, do you know about the shooting that happened here? The details? Right, I was supposed to get to that. No, I do not. I I only briefly heard that there was a shooting. I didn't I didn't look into it. After you, Johnny. 
Um, so he had gotten his hands on, I don't know if it was a, a legitimate RCMP police it officer's was. uniform. It was. Yeah. I wasn't, when I was reading, it wasn't sure if it was like a replica or if it was a legit one. Um, and he made a police car. So he was... Have you ever seen the movie Let's Be Cops? No. Okay. Well, then never mind. But this guy fucking did that. <laughs> he, I mean, he went, like, he did kill a police officer. Wow. So there's a lot of... And stole her gun after. And stole her gun. Um, so the, the frustrating parts around this story, there's a few. One, it's a conversation of framing of the deaths. Sure. And... In this world of clickbait, 22 mass shirt shooting sounds a lot scarier and is likely to get a lot more attention sure. than 14 or what, nine or, people oh, and, yeah. and 13 fire and yeah. whatever. Um, there has to be a conversation around the uh, the impact of posing as a police officer is in committing mass murder like that. Sure. And he was pulling people over who were seeing a police officer pulling over their car, stopping, putting their keys on their dash, getting their wallet out, their driver's license, super nervous, and this guy walking up and killing them. And that's also how he got subsequent vehicles as well. When he would ram his and it wasn't working anymore, then he would just mm-hmm. pull someone over and then steal their car. Because they'd stop. Mm-hmm. But this also, okay, this is a deeper thing as well, which can go with the Canadian justice system as well, but he had a violent past with his girlfriend, with whatever other run-ins he had with the law, like he had assault charges and stuff, but no- nothing happens. You get a charge and maybe you can't go to this place anymore. Right. But you pretty much get a slap on the wrist, but clearly this guy's a fucking psychopath, and no one does anything. Issues. Yeah. And the system is overclogged and slow. and Yes. And people whatnot. with those issues just get worse. They don't get better. They're like, oh, I got away with that. I'll do something more next time. Sure. And how this whole thing started was he was at a house party, which, um, excuse me, we're supposed to be quarantining. Right. Um, Tell that to my neighbors. (laughs) (laughs) So he was at a house party, got into an argument with his girlfriend or wife. I think it's a girlfriend. And they left the party. And then when they got home, he beat her and tied her to a chair in the basement And she was able to somehow get free and she went and hid in the woods and he went back to the house party thinking she went there, I guess. I don't quite know why he went back there. And that's what started the killing spree. So he got a bunch of guns because he was going to go murder his girlfriend. But then all these people came in his line of range and he killed all of them instead. And the only reason the cops even found him is because the girl came out of the woods to go to the police, like, help me, my boyfriend's trying to kill me. And then she said, BT dubs, he's driving a cop car and probably has an RCMP outfit on. So if it wasn't for her, they pr- like there probably would have been more damage, I think. Mm-hmm. So the RCMP in that city released a notice to the public to basically like, by the way, this crazy thing's happening after they apprehended him. Mm-hmm. They didn't His tell people. lasted for a long time. I think it was 15 hours. Yeah, I think I wrote that. Yeah. So Mm. this is what the sweeping gun laws come in off the back of a global pandemic. Right. A countrywide lockdown, a healthcare issue, Mm -hmm. everything that's going on. And then to snake this in under by essentially saying, I don't care about the democratic process and I'm going to make this change. While the House of Commons is locked down and can't actually proceed or have a conversation. Um, So it's the process part that really bugs me Mm -hmm. that someone can completely circumvent everything. Do I think you should be able as the leader of a country to to do like an executive order or, you know, an order in council? Sure. If you have a majority government, if you can safely say... Well, 52% of the people are likely going to agree with me. I'd be like, yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. But if you are a significant minority government, I think no. Um, but that's another point. So, 
Hmm. Forgot where I was with the guns now. <laughs> we went down some weird... Deep. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we were talking about suicides. Um, so the majority of the problem is smuggling from the U.S. Yeah. And that's the Fucking frustration. Americans. That's the hard part, too, <laughs> is we get all the time, well, New Zealand did it. Australia did it. England did it. And it's like, well, one, New Zealand, Australia, they don't have the issue of having the biggest gun market in the world connected to them by an unprotected border. Mm-hmm. So smuggling is a huge issue. Um, the other part of I have about this decision is Trudeau appointed two councils to or three councils to advise him. One was the city police chiefs commission and the other was the RCMP. And then he had his public safety minister who is a complete wingnut. Um, both police outfits independently had said this will not have an impact on our crime issues. And, mm. and this is coming, I mean, one, this is coming from both, both agencies are underfunded. So in Trudeau's original plan, he said, we're going to buy back AR-15s and other restricted firearms because they're scary and dangerous, even though they have hardly ever, ever been used in a, in a crime, in a crime, let alone a mass shooting in Canada. And it's going to cost us $250 million. And the gun community came back and said, okay, like, tell me more about this potential ban. Like, is it just the AR-15? Oh, no, there might be some other guns that we, you know, military assault weapons on there. Well, you know that, you know, assault weapons have been banned in Canada, you know, most since the 70s, some in the 90s. Like, so which ones are you specifically talking about? Because there are none. Right. They're like, well, you know, like these ones that have military characteristics that look like a, <clears throat> an assault weapon. So then there was a debate of like, well, define assault. It's just because they look badass. Is it because they have a pistol grip and they, so they're scary? But what if they've never been used in a war? What about guns that we have in Canada that have been used in multiple wars that are non-restricted here? That is an assault weapon because that at the time was what they were designed and intended for. The AR-15 is designed as a civilian rifle that functions similar or has the same feel and look as a military rifle, but is a much dumbed down, less powerful version mm-hmm. as far as rate of fire goes. So it's like, well, do you not count that as an assault weapon? It, it was used in a war, assaulting countries. Some of them were used in our by our enemies, and we're okay with those. Um. And then we say, well, if we look at that and we think about what we're gonna what we're gonna put forward in your buyback, like well, how much are you gonna give back to these consumers? Because some of these guns cost three thousand dollars, right? And they're like, well, we don't know yet. Well, then how do you know it's gonna cost two hundred fifty million dollars? How can you sit here and tell everyone we're gonna make you safer by spending two hundred fifty million dollars on buying back these guns but we don't know what we're buying back and we don't know how much we're going to give to them but we know it's going to cost 250 million dollars it's pretty dumb and all the police chiefs said you're better off giving us that 250 million dollars like let us actually oh if they could put money towards actually stopping the problem of gangs and illegal guns and like illegal drugs like everything comes through the mail but they don't check that shit like that's the issue. So if you had more funding for things like RCMP and police and whatever, that would actually stop a lot more than banning these guns that gangsters don't use because it's not fucking comfy to carry a three foot gun in your pants. That's not going to work. All right. Let's stop to take a second to talk about the sponsor for this and every week of jumbled. That would be our buddies over at audible. You guys know them. You guys love them. They uh, offer premium audiobooks to the interwebs. And if you are part of the interwebs, which you are because we don't uh, we don't ship out physical media with our audio on it, right? Head over to audibletrial.com slash jumbled and get a free audiobook, guys. It's really that easy. All you got to do is just go to that website, start your free trial, grab that free audiobook, on us 
you guys are welcome. The audiobook that we're going to talk about for the month of May is The Comedians, Drunks, Thieves, Scoundrels, and the History of American Comedy by Cliff Nesteroff. I'm sorry if I pronounced your name wrong, but that's how it looked to me. Also narrated by Cliff. Uh, the length is 15 hours and 6 minutes, so if you want to talk about getting banged for your buck, here's where you go, right? You go to audibletrial.com slash jumbled and you get The Comedians by Cliff Nesteroff. Quick summary of this book. Here we go. In The Comedians, comedy historian Cliff Nesteroff brings to life a century of American comedy with real-life characters, forgotten stars, mainstream heroes, and counterculture iconoclasts. That's a hard word to say. Based on over 200 original interviews and extensive archival research, Nesterov's groundbreaking work is a narrative exploration of the way comedians have reflected, shaped, and changed American culture over the past 100 years. Guys, that's going to that's gonna be it. There's more. There's more to the summary, but I'm not going to read all of it. I'm going to leave that one up to you guys. I would recommend The Comedians by Cliff Nesterov. But if you guys want to listen to something else, they have so many different audiobooks in so many different categories. You guys are going to find something that you're going to enjoy, and that is a jumbled and audible guarantee. So again, head over to audibletrial.com slash jumbled and pick up that free audiobook. We thank you. We thank Audible. And let's get back to the podcast. Yes, that's the other issue is that the mass shootings that do happen are handguns that are caught illegally. Sure. So then this, you know, we kind of knew the gun community knew something was coming and there was trying to be some activity. And so the Canadian gun community is kind of split between modern sporters, like modern shooters. So like people like me, I have appreciation. I have hunting, hunting rifles, but there's no such thing as a hunting rifle. Um, that I have like a traditional wood stocked rifle. Mm-hmm. And I also have semi-automatic, numerous semi-automatic rifles. Some of them are restricted. Some of them are non-restricted. And I have a handgun. And, you know, we, we're we talking about, there's like us, and then there's the, the other side, which we probably, to our detriment, call them the FUDs, which are like the old people, the farmers, mm-hmm. of like, you don't need that semi-automatic rifle to hit a deer. I was hitting deer with like, my muzzle loader and like way back in the day, it's like, great. Your muzzle loader also weighed 15 pounds and you weren't hiking up a fucking mountain carrying it. Right. Like I want a lightweight gun that's efficient. So the FUDs were like, we're not going to help you in your petitions because it's not going to affect us. Our gu- the gun ban isn't going to bother us. It's not going to affect us. Not my gun, not my gun. It's your problem, your problem. Well, this law comes out on Friday and now people have had time to read the 65 page document, which I have read through it. Um, and the 1500 guns. So that's, what's being, you know, toted in the, in, in the media, Trudeau gets rid of 1500 assault weapons, 1500 styles of assault weapons off Canadian streets. Um, the majority of them are already banned. The list is not common, like does not make sense at all because there are guns who look exactly like an AR 15 mm-hmm. shoot the exact same bullet just as quickly uses all of the same parts mm-hmm. that are still classified as a hunting rifle in Canada, even after this ban. <laughs> so what it, what it, what it is, is essentially people who one don't know the current laws, right? but saying they want to change, make, you know, strengthen them mm-hmm. and don't know what they're trying to strengthen it about and how they function. And then ignoring the professional advice of the people they asked for, for professional advice. For zero impact, costing us likely billions, not millions, billions in 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 a buyback. Even if they gave 5% back, we're talking about millions and millions of these guns now. Um, the law, the way it was written, can, is, can be in, is interpreted as guns that have a bore size over 20 millimeters, which includes almost all shotguns. And ah. also includes a lot of higher caliber big game hunting rifles, which is where we pull in the FUDs. So this broke today and became a really hot topic. And that safety minister came out and said, no, 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 no. this is wrong. We're going to correct you guys in what this, what we mean. 
And what you mean and what you say in law are two very different things. And that mm -hmm. is the gray area of, I don't care what your intent was. I don't, I mean, I do, but like, that doesn't matter to me right now. I don't care what you think it says. It's what does it actually say? And it says guns with a muzzle bore larger than 20 millimeters. And right. the idea was you shouldn't have a grenade launcher. So to some people's surprise, certain grenade launchers are legal in Canada. <laughs> so I still have a chance. But, <laughs> but you cannot buy grenades. Like good luck okay. finding Unless on the black market. You can't go to store. So sure. and then people are like, why do you have a grenade I listened launcher? to that episode when you had your friend on. I can easily go on the dark web now. He taught me how. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so legally, you cannot buy grenades in Canada. Sure. So the people are like, why do you need a grenade launcher? It's like, okay. Um, well, a grenade doesn't have to explode fire. It can explode smoke. Mm-hmm. And it is a very functional tool to mark locations as a flare gun, like a different style of flare gun, a fun gun. It's mm -hmm. your basic, it's a potato gun at that point, right? Right. I was just like going to say that. It's, it's a glorified <laughs> potato gun. Yeah. And some people like them because it's like, yeah, this is a grenade launcher. It's cool. They're stupid expensive. I've never seen one in person. I have been tempted to buy one. I'm glad I didn't now. Um... <laughs> So back to the media. So 1,500 styles of guns, the majority of them are already banned. It's not comprehensive. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't actually dire like directly impact the actual issues that we're facing in Canada. And it's they're not off the streets. So there's a two-year amnesty period right now. Okay. Meaning the government has said, we're doing this, but we're not good enough to know how we're going to do it yet. So we're going to give... We're going to give you guys two years to comply to the rules that we haven't written yet. So the guns aren't off the street. There are guns on that list that are classified as non-restricted, meaning the government has does not know who owns them. Right. Which they have just created an insane black market mm -hmm. on these firearms. So yeah. technically, right now, it would be illegal for me to sell multiple of my guns because they're on this list. But there's some the government knows that I have. And in order for me to sell them, I would have to tell them that I sold it. Mm -hmm. And then they would say, no, you're breaking the law. But there's a bunch of them that are the government doesn't know that I have. And they will they can't know that I have. Because it's not registered with them. It's not registered. So now they've pushed people into this black market where guns prices are like price gouging. Sure. And opening it up, people can make a gun, you know, last year that normally would have been, you know, non-restricted. So like was this, you know, semi-automatic. And if it shot, you know, five, five, six, you know, what, what an AR shoots, mm -hmm. you could get one for, you know, like a thousand bucks, two grand, depending on what you wanted, sometimes cheaper. Mm -hmm. Now we're going for like four or five on the legal market. Yeah. So, and that's going to happen for two years. So the next, so the next piece, what I said about the impact of that, this could have is there's over 2 million legal gun owners and the government knows who every single one of us are. They also know if we have with our registered guns. So what restricted guns are on that list? They know who has them. Their process right now has not been historically when they make a change that puts turns me into a felon does not send me official notice and their expectation for a licensed owner is to constantly be reading their website and current laws mm -hmm. and i don't think it's fair that you can make a unilateral decision that potentially puts two and a half makes two and a half million people in canada face a potential criminal sentence of up to 10 years without telling us that you made that change to the law when you know who we are you have to have our current address you have to have our current phone number yeah so this is where the class action lawsuit comes and where it's going to have ser serious legal applications so there are class action lawsuits starting to form right now and there's petitions and there's some other legal 
pieces that are coming to play in political pandering bullshit, you know, the normal, normal stuff. So the push is going to be that there is a process through the courts that we can, as in our rights, say, I don't agree with this ruling and I want to take it to court. And we'll lose in court, but that will take up court time and it's going to cost the government a lot of money. Mm -hmm. And it could mean that because the courts are already backlogged and understaffed and slowed. And if they're dealing with all of this bullshit, which I am truthfully, I don't know if I will do it or not ethically. Oh, definitely you will. Well, but here's the issue. The the idea is we're gonna if you're gonna fuck with us, we're gonna fuck with you. And now when this rapist gets out because he doesn't get due process and then goes and rapes another woman, well, that's on you because I'm following the laws that you have set and I'm utilizing the tools that you've said I'm allowed to utilize to fight for what I feel like is something that's a priority to me. Do I want that on my conscience? Do I, is that like, that is a legitimate possibility that if, so I would also be able to do that process for every single individual one of my firearms. Mm. And if all two and a half million people do that, even with just one, that is like say 2 million new court cases. Yeah. that's. I kind of feel like with how it's gone. It won't actually hold up because of things like that. And already they're like, oh, wait, let's change this. Let's change that. Like they ran it through so fast that I don't know if it'll actually hold up. Mm -hmm. So there's a couple pieces to that. One, the government, the liberal government did enact a significant bill, Bill C-71, which changes a lot of laws around firearm ownership a year ago. And they have not actually had the ability to put it through legislation to like make it official. So it's like, well, all you're doing is saying you're doing things, but you're not actually following through. So yeah, you're it's pandering just to your audience. Yes, it's just for the for the clout. <laughs> it is. It's 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 a it's a divisive topic in Canada right now. It's like it's a wedge topic, which and is odd because we don't have a huge issue with it. So I don't know why it gets because so much attention. Because people watch CNN all the time. That's America, though. Like exactly, it's not here. It, and it's a legit issue. Is that like? Well, no this gun is used in America, so we should get rid of it here. Yeah, like, it doesn't well, make sense. Yeah, if, you know, like, if, you know, when I'm a kid, if my neighbor, my friend, my neighbor friend, like, falls like on Joe his Biden. bike, falls on his, yeah, falls on his <laughs> bike, my mom's first response wasn't, I'm going to take your bike away because your friend fell. Right. Right? Like. You guys have an issue, and I don't know how you're going to solve it, to be honest. We do not have... We have an issue, but it's not the same issue, and we're trying to solve your guys' issue in our country and ignoring our own issue because of media and the scariness. And people don't know. And I I know I've talked about this before, but to hear Trudeau say, you don't need an AR-15 to hunt, that's why we're getting rid of it. Well, fun fact, we've not been allowed to hunt with them for decades. Yeah. We have other uses for them. Right. But you don't know the law. We need to strengthen background checks more than every day. Right. Yeah. Like everyone everyone who I've talked to, Canadian, have said like, yeah, we should we should have background checks. It's like, yes, let's talk about this. <laughs> Tell me what do you think is a good background? And I literally did this last week. I said, "What do you think is a good background check?" He's like, "Well, I think, you know, you should have to go to a class and to get your license. I'm like, yeah, you yep. do. And if you want restricted firearms, you have to go to a separate class and do a separate test. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, okay. And then, you know, you there'd be a vetting process. So like an interview. Yeah. Okay. That happens. And like references, like it's a job. Yep. That mm-hmm. happens. And if you have a spouse or an ex-spouse, it's mandatory that they call them to say, are you mm-hmm. comfortable with John having guns? And, yeah. and then I'm like, okay, well, what after, what about after that? And he was like, well, how long does your license last? I'm like, you have to renew it every five years. He's like, well, then it would make sense to do it every five years. Like when you get your license, you, you know, you have to, because a lot can happen in five years. I'm like, yeah, lots can happen. Great. So like, yeah, I'll submit new references and you can call my wife and I'll go through the process. Great. And he's like, yeah, that'd be great. I'm like, so 
what's wrong with every day? He's like, what do you mean? Um, I get my name checked every fucking day in a national database so that if I commit a crime tonight and I go home, my guns get taken away. Right. And he was like, really? He's like, yeah. So why do we need more? Why do we need more background checks? He's like, well, I didn't know that. I'm like, exactly. So why are you I, supporting yeah. something without knowing it? Yeah, that's the thing is, you know, I, I assume it's the same in, in your political system, but there are a lot of politicians and people that are banking on the fact that the populace is not informed, you know, and they're not yeah. going to, to figure out these, these, uh, you know, step things that are already in place or or the logistics behind decisions that are being made. So they just they're banking on the fact these people aren't going to do their work in order to ensure their liberties aren't being, you know, taken uh, unjustly. But honestly, uh, I think I think they're sort of playing the system because most people don't go through that process. I will say, though, I'm real happy with my daddy Trudeau money right now. I'd be fucked without it. So I don't hate him entirely. <laughs> and you know what? And I'm I'm willing to say... What he is doing around COVID, aside from this, which he is using COVID as cover for, two weeks ago before like this, before the shooting, and I knew like this stuff was coming, I was literally saying Trudeau's actually doing a pretty good job. I think he's mm-hmm. focusing on the right things. He's like literally, he's like trying to take care of people. He's trying to do it appropriately. He's done some really good things for like nonprofit and keeping mm-hmm. making sure people and who small can businesses donate still and stuff. donate small businesses is like yeah i am a big supporter of universal basic income and to me this is like the best global experiment of ubi in different forms believe it or not trump enacted a, a version of ubi and now we're gonna have this really interesting like economists are gonna have this incredible data points of what did canada do economically what did america do and how what were the outcomes of that and you know, that's been the big conversation about UBI is like it hasn't it's been tested in small areas and small sections, but it's, you know, not there's not enough data or a lot of data to really be able to tell if it works or not. That's gone. Yeah, they're gonna we have know global now. U, UBI right now in various forms, and we're going to be able to look at it and, and see things. But I'm also fairly confident that as soon as the doors open, your books are going to fill, Lacey, and you're not going to just sit back and be like, I want my UBI, baby. Oh, no, I'm fucking starving. I want to go back to work so bad. I didn't... Okay, no, I did realize, but I I didn't realize how much of my social life revolved around my job. Because <laughs> I spend uh-huh. all day with people, talking all day. Mm-hmm. So if I don't go out with my friends at night, that's fine. I, I learned something from someone today. Where now... I see no one, and I don't get to hear cool stories. I hate that. <laughs> I'm so sad and alone. <laughs> oh, I'm sure your super extroverted husband is thrilled about having you at home all the time and talking his ear off. <laughs> well, it's funny because he's actually like, you've nothing to tell me now. You don't come in like, oh my God, and then this happened, this I'm like, I, I know. And he's like, are you okay? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> But he's essential, so he gets to work all day. Mm. Bastard. So jealous. <laughs> oh, he's the. Oh, man. Is he flipping on you now? Is he walking in like, Sugar Daddy in the house? Oh, yes. He's like, Do you need me to buy that for you? Yeah, I'll get it. I'm like, Shut the fuck up. Oh, my God. <laughs> I hope he's just fucking drilling you with that now. <laughs> yeah, he, he loves it. He's yeah. like, do you want to order pizza? I can do that because I'm working full time. And keep in mind, too, this is the first time he's working full time in three years because he's been in school this whole time and taking summer courses. And mm. he graduated. And Well, he hasn't so gotten his diploma in the mail, but he's done school now. He is like big boy baller status now. Oh, yeah. Except like, nothing will com- be hiring. <laughs> <laughs> true. That's Perfect not true. time. <laughs> There's lots of places still hiring. Um, you just got to know where to look. Um by the way, I I haven't gotten my uh my stimulus check. That's the thing that's you Yeah, because you didn't vote for Trump, so he, you're last on that list, bud. <laughs> no, that's not true. What happened was uh for my twenty eighteen return I got a uh just a check cut for it instead of getting direct deposited into my account. Mm. So they didn't have my information initially. 
by the time I entered it, the first wave was already processing. And well, don't you only get 1200 one time? So it's 1200 per person and then 500 for dependents. So we're, oh, we should okay. be, we should be getting, you know, about 3,400, uh, 34 or yeah, $3,400, um, whenever it comes through. Can you please spend $150 of that <laughs> on the passport? passport? <laughs> <laughs> we will, we will take a look at our bills and things that we have to take care of to ensure that, you know, lights stay That's on fair. and all that and all those things. And if there's some money left behind, sure, we will, we will get that done. Okay. That's a lie. <laughs> and I also have, I'll also have my tax return that, you know, I, I'm filing my taxes as well. So I should be getting money oh, yeah, back Jessica that. gets that soon too. So, so I, I should... love tax season. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I could do without it. Taxation's theft, but I like getting taxes back is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. I have that's to true. pay it. So I fucking hate it. <laughs> oh, that sucks. Look at all this money. Oh, can we have a third? Oh, okay. That's cool, I guess. Yeah. I guess yeah, because you're you're an independent contractor, right? Yes, sir. Ooh, that sucks. See, I'm like the Thanks. other way where I, I have the I, every time I fill out my tax documents when I start a job, I always say take like an extra hundred bucks. Mm. And then I'm like, well, even if there's a mistake, I know I have this buffer, but it's like this is also forced savings. Mm-hmm. Or you also so. could just put it in a bank account and make interest on it. But you know, that's just me. I mean. <laughs> I mean, it, we're we're talking about a very small amount, like the well, yeah. earning versus risk of me being like, weird. I have this extra like two thousand dollars. I wonder where I would spend that, Lacey. <laughs> Listen, I need to make a living, okay? I mean, <laughs> I want you to know that instead of tattoos with you, I got angry and then I just bought a dirt bike. So <laughs> it seems that you've been doing a lot of that lately. <laughs> Uh, yeah, every day it's, uh, are you going to eat or buy your sadness away? Right. And I've been really heavily in the buy in some ways, though, if I'm being honest, Ali and I had taken a very aggressive, um, conservative approach financially at the start of quarantine because, you know, obviously my wife's job and the economy, um, and the the risks of my job and my industry were like, well, what if one of us gets laid off or, Mm -hmm. Like that was a real potential. And we always kind of knew one of us might have a job transition or something Mm -hmm. as a risk, but, and we can afford our basic bills, but this was the first time ever we were like, well, there's, it's not unreasonable to think that there's the potential for both of us to be our jobs to be impacted right now. And we've been doing a lot of things like getting married and traveling and, and whatnot. I was like, well, maybe we should, tone it down a little bit eat out less god we spend so much money on eating out it's insane oh it's nuts yeah you don't realize how much you do it until you just can't until you physically cannot do it and you you know and then you're like holy holy shit that much really i could have just saved all of that instead yep so before i started working out and i was a fat fuck uh i added up everything i spent Mm mm-hmm and one year I spent $9,000 on eating out. And then when I toned it back, and then the next year when I was looking like hella fine. <laughs> I, I spent, think you look great, even current outfit. This is yep. uh, this is my quarantine 10 and my beautiful robe that I haven't <laughs> left. <laughs> um, but yeah, the other year I spent $2,100. So like, and that was, was still going out. Like I obviously need my period Taco Bell. So like that didn't change and <laughs> 2100 is still a lot but it's a lot less than 9000 yeah mm-hmm. so well we started doing like the quick mental math so like Allie and i would try and do a date night like once once a week like one night where i wouldn't go to the gym we wouldn't do friends things it'd be like let's do something with us and it you know it'd be like little activities you know, let's, I'm going to take you hiking. Like it's my week. And then it was her week and be like, well, let's go do this thing. And it was like 30 bucks. It was like no big deal. And then sometimes like, well, let's go for dinner. And if Allie and I go for dinner and like Allie gets wine and I'm a fat fuck. So I eat like two meals, like, (laughs) cause Allie wants to go to fancy restaurants that taste good, but they don't give enough portions. 
it, it's, right. that's a whole nother John, John rant. <laughs> so it works out great. We're like, I don't drink. So Allie gets wine and I get mm-hmm. bonus food and we're like, whatever, we're both happy. But so it wouldn't be uncommon for us to spend again, this is Canadian prices. So you're richer than us, Zach, um, you know, like a hundred, 150 bucks on, you know, like a Friday night or something one to three times a week. And then this Saturday, maybe we like go to a friend's house. So we're like, Oh, well let's, you know, order pizza. And then we'll be like, Oh, well we'll buy this time. So we might spend 200 bucks a weekend on like social things, like ordering food and like hanging out with friends, you know, buying gas to go here, doing this, whatever. Right. And now we're in quarantine. I'm like, well, holy shit, that's 800 bucks a month of like our social life, mm-hmm. not including the like, weekdays where Allie works super late and I come home and I go to the gym and none of us want to cook. I'm like, well, I'll just pick up food on the way home. And then there's 30 bucks. Right. right? Yep. And now we're not like, we're not doing that consciously to be better. And, uh, it's, I like, we're noticing it. And I was like, well, this is something I think that I would try and be better at post COVID. Yeah. That's like 96. We talked about like, that's not $9,600. A year, if my maths are right, that I just did in my head. So you're in your fat fuckitis stage right now. <laughs> Me? Yeah. Those, no, are, those I, are high numbers. You need to lower that shit. I'm, uh, I weigh a cool 196 right now, baby. Ooh. I've been, uh, I, I took a couple of weeks off. Didn't really gain a lot of weight. Um, but. I relaxed a little bit and now I'm trying to be a little bit more, more focused to get back in shape in hopes that we'll be returning to the gym soon. Um, I'm definitely back on the workout grind now after I'm not eating cookies for dinner anymore. So like small improvements. I'm still there. (laughs) But, but then again, I'd never really left that place. (laughs) I don't know if you listened to the episode, Lacey, where Zach was like, I think my life is significantly better now, actually. Like I like working from home. Uh, Yes, I did. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Must be You're nice. One, one of the few. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I'm. I am. Uh, it's an introvert's paradise right now. So I will. Uh, it is. I will revel in my. Yeah, Jesse my... loves it. It's great. Because <laughs> <laughs> when he does go to work, so if he has to go on site, so he's um, a commercial security company. So he does like the mm-hmm. programming and installation of like cameras and card key sure. access and stuff. Sure. So he has a bunch of um, government contracts that they have to keep up with while everything's closed because obviously mm-hmm. that won't close. Like the Mint and um, the Borders, one of them. I'm trying to think what else they have. A couple universities, stuff like that. Um, but now there's the social distancing and a lot of people aren't working because of how it is. So he's like, I go to work and I see three people and they don't talk to me because I don't want to get too close. It's amazing. <laughs> cool <laughs> glad you're oh, loving Jesse. it i love jesse That's he's brilliant. like no one wants to shake my hand anymore why can't this be every day i'm like well it might be it might be the new norm i feel like That's... it will be i feel like people yeah. are gonna be freaked out over all this stuff and and everybody's gonna have uh mm-hmm. sort of their fears about uh being getting too close to people especially mm-hmm uh, people are being reckless out there. You heard about you listened to the episode where Johnny said he got coughed on and yeah. and people just don't give a shit nowadays. And there's well, still people we that talking... are sorry going out and and still not wearing a mask or not. Or giving like the video we saw bucks. earlier. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we Girl who cuts too. a hole in her mask because it's easier to breathe. And talking under the spit shield or whatever that was, the sneeze like, shield. Bitch! <laughs> I can't breathe. Oh, okay. Let's prioritize. <laughs> let's prioritize your discomfort over everybody's yeah. health. My my life. Yeah. Um, when uh, last weekend when I went dirt biking, I did go with a buddy from the gym, and uh, we he maybe got a little lippy with me, like talking some shit, and we maybe had a little wrestle session. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you solve that. <laughs> In 
I mean, naturally, when you put two people who train and love fighting, when they have a disagreement, mm-hmm. it's going to come to fighting. <laughs> well, you guys were primed and ready. You probably well, already had the look in your eye the first moment you saw him. You're like, is this going to happen at some point? Like, please. <laughs> Touch and me. He is, one of, <laughs> he is one of my good, like, for, like, close training partners. And obviously, like, we're both feeling pretty, like, you know, ramped up because we haven't been able to explore that outlet for a couple months now sure. sounds so, so sexual it is so sexual like, we went i went with yeah. him and two of his buddies and the whole time there's like god you guys there's some weird shit going on and i was like hey man when you spend as much time with bodies intertwined as we have you get a layer of comfort yeah a finger might venture into a place that it previously might didn't that's occupy. like a that i'm known in the gym if i'm desperate i'm oil checking sometimes when i'm rolling and if i can reach someone i'll oil check them and the different two people that are wrestling so they think it's them that's so funny um anyway so we went to pick up his two buddies and we're at their house and there's like there's some people like kind of you know doing yard work whatever and he's like beaking me about something and we get into a wrestling match but in full motorcycle gear so like helmet gloves jacket <laughs> so, so like minimal like exposure <laughs> and we both kind of had this like huh moment i was like that felt good and then you know five hours later six hours later we're up a mountain having lunch and starts talking shit again i was like all right we're fucking doing this full gear wrestle take your pants off his, and his two buddies are just sitting there like Look at these morons, like, bashing our helmets into each other, <laughs> rolling around in the mud and the snow and the ice. But then after we're, like, we're, like, actually doing jujitsu, and after we're, like, oh, my God, that felt so good. <laughs> it was quite orgasmic. I recognize that it's somewhat homoerotic. I've also been known to say that homosexuality is a spectrum, you know? I don't and disagree. I'm on that spectrum somewhere. <laughs> We all Zach knows. We're all somewhere, right? <laughs> uh, while uh, we were waiting for you to arrive, me and Jesse were sharing um, nude leaks of hot girls that we've seen on Instagram. <laughs> what? Yeah, he's like, you know, she she had a leak, right? I'm like, find it for me. <laughs> oh my lord! This is our relationship. All right, guys, we're gonna stop it there. There's not really a good place to pick in these Lacey episodes because there's not a lot of dead space. I picked the best spot that I could, and I hope it works out. Uh, if you want to follow us on all social media, just look for at Jumbled Podcast. Send us any emails to jumbledpodcast at gmail.com or johnny.jumbled at gmail.com. Uh, as always, we are sponsored by Audible. Uh, head over to audibletrial.com slash jumbled and get that free 30-day trial and a free audiobook. We say it each and every week. Hope, hopefully you guys have taken advantage of that and are uh, getting some high-quality audiobooks in your ear holes. Also, uh, head over to patreon.com slash jumbled. And for the love of God, somebody pay me $500. If you got a, a, just a wad of money wad of five hundred dollars burning a hole in your pocket and you're looking at somewhere to throw it i have my hands are free i'm ready to catch it i know exactly what to do with it uh and it would probably be reinvest into podcasting (laughs) so hey that's uh that's a way to think about it if you want to see uh or hear some better uh some better audio um just think of it that way you know we're gonna reinvest whatever whatever money you know, you end up throwing at us. Uh, we'll turn it right around and put it back in the podcast. So everybody wins, right? I win because I get new shiny technology things that I get to play with. And you win because you get uh, to hear a better end result. I I think that's a great... You know what, guys? You guys are so smart. Thinking about that, you know, all on your own. Gosh. Um and head over to iTunes, leave us a rating and review. A five-star rating and review would be much appreciated. Uh, We are open to constructive criticism. We would just ask that you email that and not drag us on iTunes, right? Because iTunes handles, you know, a lot of advertisers look at iTunes ratings. 
to figure out if uh, if they want us to uh, to advertise for them. So keep it nice, keep it clean, uh, and just leave a, a a great review. Any review is great, but a five star review is appreciated. Uh, you have my thanks for sure, and I, I speak for Johnny as well. That's gonna do it though, guys. Uh, I know this episode is sort of polarizing with with the gun talk, uh, but you know Johnny's pretty uh, educated and all this stuff, so I I don't think it was a biased opinion uh, or his a lot of his stuff is based in fact. So because um, he's an analytical guy, but uh, I understand you know me being myself. I don't like guns. I don't really want a gun, but I understand that some people do. And as long as they're being safe and careful with their guns, then hey, have your guns, right? Just uh, just keep them locked up. Don't swing them around and you know show them off at the grocery store. You know, especially like a you don't need to carry a you know any kind of rifle in a grocery store. You know, you want a handgun in the grocery store, that's fine. Uh, anyway, that's my that's my take on it. I'm not as educated, so maybe what I just said was complete bullshit. But hey, you know, I'll own I'll own up to that. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed this episode. We got Lacey on next week for another, uh, for the second part of this one. And uh, we've got other episodes in the works. We've got a a Joe episode in the works as well. And uh, knowing Lacey uh, or Joe, these episodes could also turn into multi-part episodes (laughs) again. We got a lot of time on our hands because of the quarantine stuff. So hopefully you guys are enjoying these, these series. If you're not, let us know. We'll try to wrap them up with a bow a little bit better each time. Um, but I've enjoyed doing them, you know, it's, uh, you almost start to feel a little bit like Joe Rogan where you just record for three hours and at the end you're not really, honestly, you're not really too tired. I mean, your, your voice is a little tired from maybe talking or, or whatever, but, uh, you know, it's, it's been pretty fun. So hopefully you guys have enjoyed it. If not, like I said, let me know. Uh, but we will see you guys next week for a brand new episode of Jumbled, your favorite podcast about guns and having them if you want to, or you know what? If you don't want to have them, that's cool too. We'll see you guys next time.